So I got this comment slash question in one of my YouTube videos that I wanted to address today. The comment said, respect for keeping up with this so consistently. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching and supporting so consistently. And then the question was, I am curious, what are your specific practical goals to stop doing a particular sin or fantasy that you struggle with? And the more I thought about my answer to this question, the more I realized how important this question is. On the surface, it's a very simple question. Do you have a particular goal, specific practical goal that you're trying to accomplish? Do you have specific sins or maybe a fantasy that you're struggling with that you're trying to stop? It's a very simple question. But the more I dove into it, the more I realized that this question opens up the door to understanding the key that is necessary to win this battle against lust and sexual temptations. If we can understand the deeper meaning behind this question and where it really goes, then victory, dare I say, is guaranteed. To answer your question real quickly, am I? do I have a specific practical goal or a particular sin or fantasy that I struggle with that I'm trying to stop? The answer is yes and no. What do I mean? Let me explain. My day job is in the world of pharmacy. And in the retail pharmacy setting, there are many people that come to us in the pharmacy on a daily basis and they say, hey, I have a problem. I have a headache. I'm feeling nauseous. I have a rash on my body. I have a pain in my foot. Sometimes they'll show me a random picture of some random rash on a random part of their body. And they come up, they come to me with a problem and they're expecting a solution. Now, I would be remiss in my job if all I did was, okay, you have a headache, take a pill, done. Go on your merry way. Now, in some situations, that's appropriate. That's all that's needed. But in most situations, we are taught to ask more questions, more open-ended questions. So if you were to come to me and say, hey, I have a rash on my arm, my questions to you would be, okay, when did you first notice this rash? When, when was it apparent to you that you had a rash? Does it itch? Is it red? Does it swell up? Does, has it become, do you have hives along with it? Or is it just a surface level rash? Is it on any other part of your body? When did you first notice it? Did you try a new body wash, a new cologne, a new detergent? Maybe you bought some new clothes at the thrift store. You didn't know where they came from. Did you roll around in the grass outside? Did you go for a hike and brush up against some plants? Um, did you, do you have a new pet? Do you have some new allergies? Are there any other symptoms that you're, fi of course, I don't ask all of these like just rapid fire like that. It's a, it's a system of, of elimination. It's a process to get to the root of the problem. Because if all I do is treat the symptoms that they're facing, then I might not be getting to the root and it's only a matter of time before they show up to the pharmacy again saying, hey, the symptoms took care of themselves for a little bit, but now it's back. What do I do? And the reason I ask all of these questions is so that I can get to the root because I know if I can figure out and address the root, then consequently and over time, the symptoms just take care of themselves. They naturally resolve. In fact, sometimes we tell patients, hey, after you take this medication, you're not going to notice any improvement in your symptoms for the next three to five days, maybe even a week, but stick to it. Trust us. If you stick to the regimen in a week or so, you'll feel better you'll start to notice that these symptoms resolve. In our battle against lust and sexual temptations, we have to understand that the battle that we are facing on the external is symptoms. The All we're doing is dealing with our symptoms. 
This is the problem that I have with modern day self-improvement because all it is really is symptom control. When it comes to this battle, we need to do this and do that and practice this technique or practice this method, you know, breathe in deep down to your balls and really hold it down, transmute that energy, drop down and give me 10 push-ups every time you're tempted, write it down in a journal, write down your triggers, write down this and that. Uh, there are certain disciplines and practices that we that we talk about in order to overcome this, this struggle. And there is nothing inherently wrong in any of those things, but they are all symptom control because they don't get to the root of the issue. And in fact, it's a, it's a lot harder to do that part of it because it requires you to ask yourself some really tough questions. It requires you to go to a place where you might not want to go. You might have to figure out why you are lonely, why you're bored, why you don't have any fulfillment or purpose in your life. You might have to deal with past trauma, past sexual abuse that you went through, different things in your past that you have to deal with that will not be resolved if all you do is just symptom control. If all you do is just journal it down, I had this trigger, I need to stop doing that, I need to stop doing this, it will give you victory for a certain amount of time. But like I said, all it is is symptom control. It doesn't address the root. And this is why I love the Word of God. This is why we have been dealing with identity and behavior. And I'm, you know, if you're looking why I'm over here, I'm pointing to the Bible, that the Bible, my Bible here. This is why I love the Word of God so much, because this is how it deals with us. This is how it deals with our problem. When Jesus was picking his 12 disciples, if you really look at the group of people he picked, it's kind of a weird mix of dudes. You have Peter, who is an uneducated fisherman and has an anger problem. You have James and John, two brothers who were you know, strong and zealous, but they were kind of fighting over who's going to be number one in the kingdom. Then you have Matthew who's a tax collector, cheating his own people out of their money, stealing money from people and working for the opposition, working for the Romans. Then you have Luke, a distinguished doctor. He has a degree. He's probably wondering, why, why in the world am I hanging out with these dudes? But when Jesus calls them to follow him, he doesn't tell Matthew, hey, Matthew, before you come follow me, get a new job, get a new career path. I want you to repay every back, everybody back that you cheated. Clean up your act and then follow me. Hey, Peter, you got some anger problems, man. Before you serve me, I need you to go to therapy for about six months, overcome your anger issues, and then come back because we can't have that around here. We can't have, have you cutting people's ears off and, and, and saying stupid crap. <laughs> James and John, you guys are a little too cocky for me. Get your, get your passion, your zeal under control. Be a little more humble. Work on that and then come and follow me. He doesn't say any of that. All he says is, follow me. That's it. Because he knew that you don't have to clean up your act in order to follow me. Simply by following me, your act will begin to get cleaned up. And that's exactly what happened. He began to deal with the root of the problem, which is our flesh, which is sin. That's why he came into the world to deal with it. And when we spend time in the presence of God, reading his word, spending time praying and worshiping and spending time with other like-minded believers, we are forced to face the real sin within our hearts. And we're forced to face the fact that we are sinful human beings and without God, we don't have hope. We don't have salvation. And because of Jesus Christ, we now do. And when we do this, our behaviors, our, our mind begins to change. Our heart begins to change. And as a consequence, our behavior changes. In Romans 12, Paul says, be be, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by 
the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Be changed. Think differently. Act differently. Do all these things differently by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test what is the perfect, pleasing will of God. When Jesus was forced to talk about, you know, the the Jewish leaders came to him and asked him about adultery, about divorce. And he said that it's not only when a man commits adultery physically that he has committed adultery. In fact, if you just think in your mind against uh, to lust against a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart. He takes it to the next level and he says, it's not just what you do. It starts here. And if you can control this, if you can take care of this, then the behavior begins to align itself with who you believe yourself to be. A lot of times, if you're like me, you found yourself in places where it's like, man, I have done everything. I have put the filter on. I I have talked to my friends. I have an accountability partner. I'm journaling. I'm writing down my triggers. I'm doing all of these things. And every time I did those things and I still messed up, I always thought to myself, okay, have I prayed and spent time in the word of God? Have I really done this? No, I haven't. And every time that was the case, I can always trace back my failure to a defunct, dysfunctional relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a dysfunctional, uh, non-existent relationship with Christ. I haven't read the word. I haven't prayed. So it's no wonder that my spirit is so weak and my flesh is much stronger and my flesh wins every time. It, It makes sense. But it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a very counterintuitive thing to do. Is there a specific practical goal that I have? Yes. Are there particular, you know, if you had asked me this question maybe five, ten years ago, I would have said, oh yeah, this is the behavior I'm trying to stop. I, I want to stop doing this. That's my goal. That's my practical goal. But now that I've learned, now that I've tried, now that I've battled with it for so long, my percep- my perception has changed. And I know that the more time I spend in the presence of God, the more time that I spend reading his word, it's like, it's like it's, it's slowly cleansing me and changing the way I think, the way I process and the way I live life, not just in the area of lust and sexual temptations, but in every area of my life, how I, how I, how I interact with my my spouse, my parents, my family, how I interact with colleagues at work, how I finance, how I manage my money, all these things. I'm not saying any of that is perfect, by no means. But every area has been affected by my relationship with Christ. And the area of lust and sexual temptations also will be affected. It will be affected in the way that as we draw closer to Christ, we'll realize that these things are just symptoms of deeper issues, of sin, of hurt, of trauma, of sexual abuse, of really deep pains in our life, of loneliness and boredom. And that's where the Word of God will touch first, because in doing that, the symptoms will naturally start to resolve and take care of themselves. My only practical goal that I have is not to stop doing this, to start doing that, to be a better person, to give more money to the poor, not not any of those things. My only goal is to become more and more like Jesus Christ. Because in doing that, all of these things take care of themselves. Christianity is the only religion that starts with the root of the problem. It doesn't say do all of these things and then you'll have salvation. No, no. It says Salvation is already won by Christ, what he has done for us. And it's not because of my works that I can boast and say I've earned salvation. No, it's 100% because of Christ. And as I focus on him, and as I spend more time with him becoming more like him, the way I think changes, 
The way I look at lust and, te- and temptations, it changes. The way I interact with people, it changes. The things that used to really tempt me and I thought, man, I will never get over this. How will I ever get through this? Just don't seem to have that same power on my life anymore. And this is what I want us to really realize. It's not about the symptoms. All we're doing, if we just focus on the sin, is just looking at the symptoms, and it's only a matter of time before they come back up again. Get to the root of the problem. Get to the root of the issue. Read the Word. Pray. Spend time in the presence of God, and He will bring things out to light and and bring things that we need to work through, bring things that we need to deal with. And in doing so, over the course of time, you'll notice that you begin to change. Your behaviors begin to change. And the things that you want to do, well, you'll start to naturally just do because that is who you are. That is just indirectly in line with the person that you are becoming. So to answer the question for the final time, do I have a specific practical goal? Yes. My specific practical goal is to grow closer and closer to Jesus Christ on a daily basis to pick up my cross daily and follow him. And in doing so, my sins, the fantasies, my thought process, my heart begins to get cleaned up. Christ begins to clean up the way I think, the way I behave, and it starts from the inside out. Amen.